Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up on today's episode of the Nosebleed Seats podcast, it's a Cowboys conversation therapy edition. The Cowboys lose to the Rams in the divisional round of the playoffs, and we're here to talk about it, break it all down. It's the Nosebleed Seats podcast, the show everyone can afford to listen to. But before we get into that, Eric, I think we need to talk about Lone Star Green CBD. Ah, yes, our very good friends. Lone Star Green CBD based in Texas. Yes, Texas. CBD is legal in all 50 states. It's a beautiful thing, CBD. Wow, man, this stuff can... It's really... I don't know about you, Walt Chuck. I know we both got our little care package. We've been using it for the last few weeks. This stuff works like a charm. Anxiety, stresses. You mentioned it last week. You have some... You deal with these things. CBD has been a fantastic help for you. My my joints, my muscle pain, my aches. I've had the surgeries. I've, I've been there, done that. Workout soreness. Man, this stuff takes it away for me. I squeeze it in my coffee. I squeeze it in my cereal. I can ingest it. I got the topicals for the skin irritation. I know you had that rash, wall, Chuck. You know you don't want to talk about it, but CBD, it, it saved you. It really did, and you can rub it wherever you need to. I really do just use it in my coffee in the morning. It's so easy. It gets my day started. I know my mom's even tried it. She's got fibromyalgia, and she's even noticed a little bit of a difference in her joint plane. So if you're having any of these issues or you just simply want to try out some CBD, hit up Lone Star Green CBD. Tell them the nosebleed seat sent you, and they might even give you a little bit of a discount. Heck, yeah, they will. Go to their Facebook page, Lone Star Green CBD. 20% off your first order. If you let them know you're from the nosebleed seats, mention us. You will get the 20% discount. It's a beautiful thing, Lone Star Green CBD. All right, you want to do the show? You want to do the show? Yeah, sure. All right, we'll do the show. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats to show everyone. Can't afford to listen to Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. 30-22, the final on Saturday night in the NFC Divisional round of the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys fall to the L.A. Rams, and right now we have a little Cowboys therapy as the season has come to a screeching halt after the Cowboys went 10-6, and won the NFC East, defeated the Seattle Seahawks in the wildcard round of the playoffs. And bleeping A, Eric, my guts have been ripped out yet again. I mean, it's time for uh, Cowboys Conversation. Excellent! Yeah, you're going to have to bring the Cowboys Conversation. Excellent! Wait, I just did it. Why did you do it? I don't know. Once you did it, it got me back in the rhythm. Listen. I vibe off of your good vibes. I know that. This is a really tough time for you. Man, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than the day after. The day after sucks. Yeah, that hangover. Yeah, because it's like you get so excited. You can see the light on the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like, man, all right, NFC Championship game, first time in 23 years. Let's freaking do it. And the fact that this team 
man, it didn't look good early. I mean, the Rams from the start, you could tell they were gonna they were gonna move the ball, but the defense holds them to three. You have Dak to Amari. Oh my gosh, gorgeous touchdown up seven three. Defense gets pounded on again, but they hold them to three again, seven six going into the first second quarter. I was feeling all right. And when the Cowboys were up seven three after that Amari Cooper touchdown, I was thinking to myself, bleep, yes, it is our time. And ultimately, the game didn't play out that way. And really, it didn't play out. I don't think like anybody thought it would in terms of what the heck happened. I mean, we're sitting here. I mean, what are your thoughts about this? Well, listen, I, I kind of wanted to just let that, you know, floors open to you. I know this is oh, a sad time. I know this is vent? safe space stuff for you. I do appreciate so that. So I feel like, I mean, at some point, I really just want to let you just get everything off your chest because you have a whole off season, and, and I don't need that weighing you down. You know what I mean? We can't come in here to the safe space for the next six months with this thing weighing you down. So I definitely want you to get it off your chest. If you if you ask my opinion on the thing, obviously, am I surprised the defense got pushed around the way they did? Absolutely. But am I surprised that they gave Crap. up 30 points? Absolutely not. I told you that was going to happen. I put the onus, I put the pressure on the Dallas Cowboys offense on the Nosebleed Seats podcast just last week. I said, you're going into enemy territory, a team that scores a ton of points, 37 points at home for the year, and there's no way that your defense is going to keep them from scoring 30. And I think... At the end of the day, scoring only giving up thirty points is a win against the Rams when they're at home. You, I mean, that's seven points uh, off. It's thirty points. Thirty points against one of the top it's thirty. It's points. a top three team in the league. I, I get you that. Can't I get your, that. You can't I, expect I think to win Cowboy with twenty two points. I think. I think the point Cowboy is Cowboy fans did. You can't. Okay, well then that's on you. Well, but, I tried to but, warn but you. But I don't think that that's a ridiculous needs to score more than thirty. I they don't think do it's it. ridiculous for Cowboy fans to have had that expect, expectation. For the defense to not allow the Rams to 30 points. Because they'd only given up 30 once all year. And that was to the Giants. The season finale, which was a weird game. Outside of that, the highest point total scored against the Cowboys this season was 24 points by the Detroit Lions in Week 4. And that includes playing the Saints, who the drop-off between the Saints and the Rams offense, at least statistically, by the counting numbers, which you're going by here, is not all that far off. Now, I agree with you. The Rams offense as a whole, in my opinion, I think they're the best in football. Some people might want to say the Chiefs because of the quarterback. Yeah, I but you look at the supporting cast Chiefs. for the Rams, it's better than the Chiefs. Okay, you all can their say receivers that. are better. Tyreek Hill, okay, sure. But I'll take Cooks, I'll take even a Josh Reynolds. I think Robert Woods might be the most underrated receiver in football. That dude does everything well, and I'll take Gurley over any of the Chiefs running backs. And that includes, of course, when Kareem Hunt was there. Now he's not on the team. so I, And I think the offensive line for the Rams is playing better now. Yes. So it was the best offense in football, in my opinion. And, and okay, and in your opinion, that's the best offensive football playing at home where they score 37 yes, points a game. Yes, much better at home. And where you talk about how the Cowboys played right. well against the Saints. They did that when the Cowboys, the Cowboys were, were at home. home. Right. It was a short week. It was a Thursday night game yeah. where the Saints offense is not. It wasn't had, a short week. Both, both those teams had a week leading up. They both played on Thanksgiving oh, the week before. Okay, that's fair. But still, the Saints didn't have a week off coming into the game like the Rams. No, they the didn't. Rams are fresh, ready to go at home where they score 37 points. There's no way you can expect your defense to keep them from scoring 30. The pressure's on the offense. Go put up more I than 22 points. I think there's a way points. that you can expect that. 
Okay, well, there's not a way that the you can expect. The pressure was on the offense, There's though. not a way that you can expect your defense to keep them from scoring less than 22 points, which is all your offense Agreed. gave them. I mean, that is bull crap. That's why I think both, both sides of the ball got pushed around. No question about it. No one's getting a pass. But the offense absolutely deserves most of the blame, as they have all year. Your defense has had to carry you all year. You can't expect to go into the Rams, that offense, they have a week off, they're fresh as can be, and you expect your defense to give up less than 30 points. And that's fine if that was your expectation, but you still only score 22 points. In the first half, you scored seven in a league in which offensive points are it's easy to come by. Everybody scores points. 21, okay, 22 they had one joke. possession the entire first quarter. One for 10 they had on one third possession down. the entire first quarter because the defense couldn't get the heck off the field. That's fine. And they point, scored. At that point, so it's that, a 7-6 so, 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 okay, game. Okay, so you're saying they had seven points in the first half. They're going, their third offensive drive was their final drive, the final drive of the second half for them. They've got the football. They're moving down the field. For whatever reason, the spooky clock doesn't run after two plays when Amari Cooper gets out of bounds, Ezekiel Elliott gets out of bounds. There's weird things to go on with when what is an out-of-bounds play and what is not an out-of-bounds play. I don't understand this. When is the clock supposed to stop? When is it freaking not? They're winding the clock. They could have gotten at least three more plays off before the two-minute warning, but they didn't. And then it results ultimately on third and seven, the balls at the Ram. I don't know, but it would have been a 52-yard field goal for Brett Maher. And they call a made-up bleeping penalty that seems to regularly happen to the Cowboys in the divisional round of the playoffs. Holding, it's it, they call it a sack in the grasp because Lyle Collins has Dak Prescott and he's hugging him. Dak gets away from it. I don't know why in the world the play, I mean, Eli Manning would never have a Super Bowl ring if that's in the freaking grasp. Are you kidding me? Derek Carr's tweet of I'd have been sacked about 3,000 times this year if that were a legitimate call. Somehow it's called there. Are you serious? And then we get that bullcrap penalty against the Packers in 16 with Bryce Butler, the illegal substitution crap. No one ever seen it before. Here come the officials. And then the god-awful Des Bryant catch in 2014 in the divisional round, which is now a catch. Thank God it didn't rear its ugly head with the Michael Gallup play later in the game. But somehow these phantom calls that aren't ever called, it's never called. Here it's called. Cowboys can't kick a field goal. And they only have seven points, but they only had three offensive possessions in the entire first half. So I hear your 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 point is valid. I hear you. The offense needed to do more. But in the first half, they didn't have a ton of opportunities. The Rams had the ball for 20 minutes compared to the Cowboys' nine and a half or whatever it was. It was under 10. Listen, that goes... That's... that's a- the defense's fault and the offense's fault. If the offense who it's a team started loss. out, you're not going to hear that it's the defense's fault for me. They but. got off. They they started out in rhythm offensively, going down and scoring a touchdown on their opening drive. The defense had just given up a field goal. The Cowboys go get a touchdown, and then the defense gives up another field goal. So it's seven to six. Cowboys get the ball back with a one point lead. They go three and out. Okay, thank you, offense. That does nothing for me. So. The time of possession, as much as it's on the defense, it's also on the offense because it was back and forth. It was great. Dallas Cowboys actually have a one-point lead. Offense taking the field, and then, oh, let's go three and out and poop our pants. Yeah, but, I mean, it it does even out because you have an 11-play drive allowed on defense. Cowboys come back. Yes, they held them to three. Awesome job. That's a win. That's a win. 
Good job by Jeff Heath on that third and goal. They did all right. They bent, they didn't break. 3 nothing. Wait, Fine. you mean Jeff Heath didn't miss a tackle? Je- it wasn't what? a tackle, thank God. It was a pass breakup, which Oof. also is rare for him. Thank but heavens. He made it happen. Cowboys came back. Like you said, touchdown. Started hot. Beautiful. Then a 16-play, 7-minute, 23-second drive that resulted in another field goal for the Rams. They've got to be frustrated. Defense has looked like crap. They looked like crap. This looked like a defense that we hadn't seen before. Rams are doing whatever they want. Is that the drive where they're they get bailed out with eight, the Byron Jones? Eight yards, eight yards flag to catch. No? no, it's not. Okay. No, it's not. They kick a field goal. But again, the Cowboys, only giving up six points is huge. Huge. It's absolutely huge. huge. And like you say, here's the blame and for the offense. And ultimately the saving grace for the defense, in my opinion. Agreed. Seven because the defenses look garbage, but their their one caveat is they held them to three. It's all about points, baby. They held them to three. They're doing their job. And that's really what the Cowboy defense have done all year. At times, they did give up yards. No doubt about it. No doubt, eh? But they, Holy would, shit, they stiffened up inside the red zone yeah, and they hold I teams to field goals. Too. So they did that. But then you're right. Three and out. Cowboys punt. Then came another long drive for the Rams. Nine plays. Four minutes. 20 seconds. 420. Now that drive had the Byron Jones penalty. It's third and 14. Cowboys have finally gotten one play where they got some pressure and created a negative play. The Byron Jones penalty happens on third and 14. They call hands to the face. Now, here's the deal. You can tell me your thoughts on this. And I guess I'm going to screw myself from the start because I get it. Like, letter of the law. All right. I guess there's some contact there in the in the facial region. But it's the jam right off the bat. Like, this is it's, it's, it's initial off the line of scrimmage. Here's the jam. There's a release. Both players are going playing football here. Yeah, I mean, it's a ticky tack call that I think happens more so than not, and you don't ever see a flag in that minute. In that point of the game, gosh, I really wish the official had kept that. That was a little overzealous of a flag in a playoff football game. No, I can agree with you. It was absolutely overzealous. I wish they wouldn't have called it either. It was definitely a legal backbreaker for the Cowboy D. And the legal hands to the face pretty much always happens right there at the line of scrimmage. It's when the corner's trying to jam, and you know it's on Byron Jones. He had poor technique on the play, and he hits him in the face. And unfortunately, the ref did call it. You know, I can't stand when it's away from the play. You know, it's like golf not even looking in that direction. It really didn't have much of an effect on the play. Those are the ones that bug me because it's an automatic first down, and the whole thing's kind of a nightmare. I like the five yards. Like, it should be a five-yard penalty. Should not be an automatic first down, especially when it's on the other side of the field where the quarterback really wasn't even paying attention to. So I hear you. It's absolutely frustrating. It's the first time your defense is about to get off the field. Holy smokes. Thank God. Maybe our offense can do something. And then, boom, no flag. We're staying, and now we're screwed. It was huge. It really was because they go down, they score there. Now it's 20-7. to Or, excuse me, at at that point it was 13-7. to The Cowboys have another three and out. So there you go. Offense sucks for you. You can't do anything. Touchdown Rams, 20-7. to Then came the play we were talking about earlier with the in the grasp, which is an, one of the worst, most horse crap calls I've ever seen in an NFL football game, let alone the playoffs. How are you going to call that, dude? Come on. This is a playoff game. Let them play. Have you not seen Eli Manning to David Tyree? Have you not ever watched a mobile quarterback? Have you not, never seen a Ben Roethlisberger or a Cam Newton or any of these big, strong quarterbacks? Or a Dak Prescott. Or a Dak freaking Prescott or a Russell Wilson? Huh? Come on. Did you never watch Donovan McNabb or Randall Cunningham play? Or Roger Staubach? These athletes on the field, if they're not down, if their ass isn't on the ground, 
I don't want to see you blow the whistle. Are you kidding me? And if you want to say, yeah, should have thrown the ball away. Well, you're right, he should have thrown the ball away. But he's trying to extend plays. And how many times have we seen that for Dak Prescott? All of a sudden, he's making chicken salad out of chicken poo. He's on the run. Here's gorgeous Michael Gallup, 41-yard bomb. Oh, you little backyard football? Come on. That's when he's at his best. Amen. And the refs want to say, whoop! Thank Just God, kidding! Thank God Scott Linehan only allows him to do that about once a game. Just kidding! Yeah, it's, it a, it's, it's a sack on Lyle Collins. It's an offensive sack. Blowing the whistle. Are you serious? Come on. That's points. That could have been critical, valuable, precious points. Yeah, man, that's five, That's three more points. You guys would have ended up with 25. And they'd be and feeling good going into the half. The game by five. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows what happens? Well, either way, the Cowboys get the ball coming out of half. They do nothing. Let's go do something. Oh, no, we can't. Is it another three and out? Yes, Chuck? Good was. God, it is. My goodness, is that the Rams' uh, defense that was last in the league in the rush? I don't want to hear defense? that crap. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. Why not? That team was not the worst run defense in football. They looked pretty damn good. Yeah, that's because they sold out for the Aaron run. Aaron Donald and, and Dominican Sue and came to bleep and play. Counter. And Dominican Sue didn't try all 16 games because he's a fat ass that doesn't care anymore. He's made his money. He knew this team was good enough to get to the playoffs. All of a sudden, they get to the playoffs. Let me shake off the dust. I'm 2010 prime and Dominican Sue again. Yeah, let's That put, dude had his best game of the year. Let's make Dak beat us. Oh, there's, yeah, he can't. There's three top 15 picks along that defensive line. The caveat that they sucked against the run was just freaking head-scratching to me. I, didn't, I couldn't comprehend how this is possible. you got two meat and potato badasses in Sue and Donald and you're last against the run? Well, guess freaking what? They came to play against the Cowboys and Connor Williams, your favorite player, is getting tossed around like a ragdoll. Jumbo Joe Looney, God bless his soul, he played like a backup center. Oof. He looked like a backup center. Yeah. And he looked, Connor Williams looked more, very much so like a rookie left guard. You know what's a little bit, why in the world would you not just trot Xavier Sufilo out there for a series or five and see if maybe the fat can go ahead and out there and make some plays for you? Hey, that's a maybe fat the joke. Size, hey, I resent that. Maybe that's the a size. fat joke. You're a bleep hole. I am fat too. I can say it. It's not fat shaming for me. Okay, so is that the rules? It's the rules. So like you can't make fun of bald people because you have a great head of hair? Yes, Gotcha. But you can't make fun of Jews because you're not a Jew, but I can. Wow, so I can't make fun of bald people because I have hair? No, but you can make fun of Italians. Wow, so that's my only that's the only thing I got. I can't make fun of the guy who looks like a who has just all he's all neck on the sidelines. You can make fun of Guidos, Italians, red face, leather face people, okay. white people, people with glasses, people with man buns. Okay. And uh, that about covers it. So I can't make fun of Maurice Jones-Drew for sitting on the NFL Network after the Rams and Cowboys game with the biggest neck I've ever seen in my life? Do you have a big neck? I don't know. You tell me. I think you can make fun of it. Wow. Shots fired. All right. Very good. Moving on. It was frustrating. By the way, Fat Patricia will always be Fat Patricia to me. Whatever, dude. He is now to me, too, in my mind, even if I won't say it verbally. I think of him as that. I'm glad you admit it. The game was frustrating as hell. And I guess what we came in here debating was the fact of whose fault it was. I think both of us agree that overall it's a team loss. No doubt. And it always is in in football. Like, I hate that. Immediately after a game, it's like, where can we point the finger? Where does the blame go? First of all, the defense played their worst. I mean, they they just got bullied. The Cowboys got bullied by their own game. The Rams came out and said, we're going to try and run the football. Todd Gurley and 
C.J. Anderson, who just is off the streets from working at Popeye's Chicken. Yeah. No, that's true. Okay, there's another fat I mean, joke by you. Like, I like that, man. Two for two. Okay, he listen. He looked big. No, he And did. I love fat running backs. He did. I love fat running backs. You always have. I'm a fan. Yeah. But, my God, C.J. Anderson. No, it's funny. Holy moly. They, they showed, I was there like, was wow, a, his gut looks big. There was a picture of him on Twitter floating around. It was a before and after. It was him in Denver from, like, a few years ago, and then him now in Los Angeles. And good God, he has definitely been doing some eating. That's for sure. And uh, he didn't seem like he had been doing some running, but he did some running all over the Cowboys. Uh, Gurley did as well. And you say they beat the Cowboys at their own game, and they did, big picture. But when you looked at it, their running game is so much more sophisticated when the Cowboys stroll out there. Cowboys go hat on a hat, man on a man. We're going to beat the guy in front of us, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to win football games three yards at a time. Todd Gurley, Sean McVay, and these fellas are out here faking here, faking there, go sweep, jet sweep, back sweep. They're freaking the zones. I mean, literally, Vander Esch, Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, they didn't know where the ball was at. There's 50 different places the ball could be at any one given time. Oh, it's right here? Oh, it's too late. Nine yards down the field, Todd Gurley. Oh, maybe it's 35 well, yards ne- down the field for a it's touchdown, stupid, It's Todd poor Gurley. on them because they should have just attacked the running back because they never ended up going to the fancy window addressing they were doing. You know, they had never actually handed the ball off to Woods or Cooks or Reynolds or Shmishfesh Magoogoo down the street. Like, they never did any of that. But you're right. Their creativity on offense... I mean, it's something every fan in the National Football League had to be sitting there thinking, Jesus, I wish our guys could go out there and do this. I mean, they've got people running all over the place, and it certainly caused confusion. Confusion, And then you look at the reports after the game that the Rams knew just based on any kind of tell the Cowboys' defense did exactly what the defensive line was doing. So they had the Cowboys' number. I mean, this team got zero pressure. Zero. The few plays that they finally got some pressure on Jared Goff. Jalen Smith on a blitz. I think D-Law had one time, and Gregory might have had another. But you can literally count on one hand the times that the Cowboys got legitimate pressure on Jared Goff, and it always resulted in a negative play. However, you can't give up the amount of yardage the Cowboys did. I mean, my God. They gave up 459 total yards, which is a Rams playoff record. Yeah, this is the St. The former St. Louis Rams had the greatest show on turf. In 99 and 2001, went to the Super Bowl with Warner, Holt, Bruce, Falk, Hakeem. Really good, explosive offense. They didn't score 459 yards or put up 459 yards in a playoff game. Cowboys defense allowed that. They gave up 273 rushing yards. 273 rushing yards. 123 to C.J. Anderson, averaged 5.3 yards to carry two scores. 115 to Todd Gurley, averaged 7.2, 7.2 yards a carry and a touchdown. Okay? The Cowboys came into this game, what you, whatever you want to say about it, I get it. It's a team loss. And the Cowboys defense, you certainly can't blame them. It's not their fault the Cowboys lost this game. But the reason they were in the game was because the defense had been outstanding. And aside from the Ravens and the Bears, the, the list stopped there of what defenses in the NFL were better than the Cowboys this year. And they flat out got mauled up and down the field. I mean, they were dominated in the trenches. They had no answer. They were absolutely on their heels from the start, and they looked completely—I mean, they, their will was broken. Their will was broken. 
The Cowboys, it's a one-possession game. They've used their timeouts. They're in position to get the ball back. It's third and seven. Jared Goff on a bootleg runs for the first down. They were broken. They had been had. And as much as we want to rave about Chris Richard, no adjustments were made. There was no answer. There was nothing they could do. They forced zero turnovers. They had zero sacks. So while we'll get to blame for others, there's the defensive blame. They didn't show up. They didn't play up to their expectations and their level of play. And I don't think anybody realistically saw that happening. Maybe you saw the Rams getting 30 points, but I don't think anybody saw the Cowboys' defense getting completely bullied and dominated in the trenches the way that they did. I hear you. I hear you 100%. I mean, I I don't think anybody saw the Cowboys' defense getting pushed around the way they did, but ultimately, like you said, the 30 points is something I was expecting, and if you weren't expecting that, I think you're a little bit foolish. Bottom line is, the defense did not play well, but I think the offense played worse in a league where teams are able to score with relative ease. I just It's hard for me to wrap my mind around your offense putting up only 22 points, seven in the first half, one for 10 on third down, 50 rushing yards. And again, I know the defense got dominated on the stat sheet as well, but for me, the points is ultimately what matters. Your offense only put up seven in the first half, 22 for the game, and your defense gave up 30 to what you consider to be the best offense of football, and they were at home. So, you know, it's it's a shame on both sides of the ball. I don't want to act like I'm giving the defense a pass because I, I'm certainly not. They played terrible, but I just think the offense played worse. Now, I know there was one play that is eating at you more than any other. I know it's the Byron Jones play, and that one's going to stick with you. It's the Leal Collins play. Absolutely going to stick with you. But there was another one. A little uh, signature play. Jason Garrett likes to call. Yeah, I mean, look, to me, we can sit here and talk about how bad the defense played, how bad the offense played, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say. It was Dak, it was Zeke, who, you know, by the way, his stat line was freaking atrocious too. Ezekiel Elliott was was absolutely held in check. You got to get more out of Zeke. 20 carries, you can't have 47 yards, average 2.4 yards a touch. I understand you didn't have much room. And it comes down to the fourth and one when all this – Side talk aside, it's fourth down and one. First play of the fourth quarter. It's a one-possession game. You've got the football in plus territory, in Rams territory, with a chance to go in and tie it. And they call a run right up the middle, right into the teeth of Indomitian Sue and Aaron Bleepin' Donald when the Rams have nine people crowding around the line of scrimmage. And that's because the Cowboys have the same thing. They have nine guys on the line of scrimmage. They have three tight ends in the game, and they expect, and they just crowd the box, and then they run right into it. It, it makes zero sense. Uh, when the Rams had a fourth and one down at the goal line, and they ultimately hand it off to C.J. Anderson up the middle. It's still a run between the tackles up the middle, but the difference is they're in 11 personnel, and they they even are bunched up, but they got receivers on the field all over the place. So defensively, you have to counter with DBs. You can't just throw a bunch of D linemen and linebackers out there, and C.J. Anderson is able to run right through you. Yeah, Cowboys put their jumbo set. Get away so with the Rams, Randy Gregory hold on that yeah, play, too. So the Rams can put their freaking – Entire jumbo D-line, all their linebackers crowd the box because you just put out 100 tight ends and a bunch of guards. I understand they did – it was probably the exact same play. They did it earlier in the game on fourth and one. 
Zeke was able to run for five. Makes it with ease. They go for it around the goal line. Zeke right up the middle. Explodes into the end zone for a touchdown. The Rams are actually an intelligent coaching staff that notices things and notices tendencies. No way. And they go ahead and they adjust for that. So the Cowboys have done this and it's worked. Adjust? So the Rams' defense is I'm ready for it. They're ready for it. Let me ask you something, Eric. How's Dak Prescott's mobility? Would you consider him a mobile quarterback? You know what? All of us have two legs. Most quarterbacks in the NFL do. His are top ten. So, yeah. He's he's definitely a threat to not only pass, but to run, wouldn't you say? You'd like to think. So why don't you get Dak Prescott on the move and you give him the option to either take it himself or throw it for the one yard that you need to gain? In fact, they actually, funnily enough, did this on their final touchdown drive after they get stuffed on fourth down and one to go in and tie the game. The Rams then take over on downs. They go right down the field and score a touchdown. The Cowboys are faced with another fourth and one in Rams territory, I believe. And Dak bootlegs out, runs it himself, gets the first down. But why the hell? when you And it's irresponsible for the coaching staff. It's irresponsible on Dak Prescott. Everybody deserves blame for this fourth and one. Everybody. When you line up and you see the defensive alignment and realize, oh, crap, this is not good for us. We are mismatched across the board. Our hat-on-a-hat mentality, yeah, it's it, it doesn't, the math, the math doesn't work out here. I'm not a math guy, Eric. You and I have established this on this show. You're not an English guy either. I am an English guy. Are you? I actually was really good at English. That was your subject? Honors. I thought you were a history buff. Both, history and English, yeah. Gotcha, okay. But math and science, hell no. I was a hell of a recess guy. Oh, recess was the best. I I thought you were in that show. Lunch was incredible. Lunch was one of my best as well. I don't understand that call. I never will. Someone's got to step in there, whether it's Jason Garrett, whether it's some Joe Schmo up there in the press box, whether it's Scott Linehan who's all of a sudden sprouted a pair of balls, or whether it's Dak Prescott who, while I love Dak, I think his biggest quality, or his greatest quality might also be his biggest flaw. The fact that he's such a freaking great guy and so coachable and so just I understand and he believes in the process and he's a guy that's going to buy into the approach of the coaching staff and do what he's told. Sometimes you need to just, it's the playoffs. Remember that time Amari Cooper said, nah, bro. This is the route I want to run. You say, nah, dude, just run the play. You get up to the line of scrimmage and you realize, oh, crap, he's onto something. Check out of it. Here's a beautiful touchdown bomb home run down the field against the Eagles, which ended up being the de facto NFC Championship game, NFC East Championship game, and one year of the game. Fourth and one at the Ram 30, whatever the hell it was, going in to try and tie the game. Here's big ass Sue and Donald in front of me. We're running here. This is where we're running. Let's audible. It's everyone's fault, and the fact that they ran the play and it didn't work, holy crap, that's what cost you the game right there. Because who knows? Who knows after that? You go down the field, you score. Now the pressure's back on the Rams for the first time in really the whole game since the first quarter. Now they're start, you know, they lost at home last year in the playoffs. They're a young team, too. Jared Goff hadn't won a playoff game. John McVay hasn't won a playoff game as a head coach. All of a sudden, it's 23-23 in a pro-cowboy crowd. They're thinking, ah, crap. And maybe your defense gets a little bit of a jolt. But no, you get stuffed 
And to me, that's it. That's it right there. Yeah. You, that that's, was your goal. That was your chance. That's Scott and Linehan and Jason Garrett in a nutshell. And I agree with you on the audible stuff, but at the end of the day, it's like that's they knew what the Rams were going to come out in. I mean, if if I bring out a bunch of tight ends, then I know the Rams are going to counter with a bunch of linebackers and D linemen. Perfect. They're going to stuff the in. box. That's exactly now, what they're going to do. Pitch it outside or something. I hear because because later on they did the little option play. Dak oh, could have flipped it to Zeke, but yes. he didn't even need to, and he scores on it. Something like that. A Just little get bit him of out nuance. Of the you're still running the you're still running the ball, but there's a little bit of nuance in there. Instead of going hat on a hat, perfect. Fifty two tight ends, and let's run right into the two best defensive tackles in the league. It's unbelievable. It's sad. And the fact that they can't get Dak Prescott on the move, that's when Dak's at his best. Dak's at his best outside the pocket. The play, Like you said, Dak yard football. Oh, he, yeah, he's I on the run, it. outside, throws a beautiful pass to Michael Gallup. Biggest play of the game for the Cowboys. Sets up first down and goal, you score. That's when he's at his best. Get him on the move. Get him outside for whatever reason. His mechanics don't even look great. Half the time he's throwing it with his feet in the air. But the ball looks good. He throws a good ball. Everything's better when he's on the move outside the pocket. The Cowboys are so focused on making Dak Prescott a pocket passer because that's what Troy Aikman was, and that's what the system of ancientness that it's not Lenahan the bleeping 90s, and Garrett Jason. are working off of. Good God, that they, Scott. they can't get the most of their quarterback. What the hell? Come on. I am so sick. I mean, literally, Sean McVay and Jared Goff offensively are playing a completely different sport. They're on the same field. It's the same game. They're playing against each other. But McVay and Goff and Gurley and those fellas are playing a completely different sport than what Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan, and Dak Prescott are doing. And it's a shame. It's clear as day you can see it. And if they're stubborn enough to keep jamming that square peg into the round hole, that's on them. And I apologize for you and to you because that's a shame. I'm sorry you have to deal with that. It's so frustrating. I mean, as you move into the offseason, the number one thing, there's a lot of issues on this team. First off, you got to re-sign some folks, namely DeMarcus Lawrence. The hot boy? God, he was on fire the other night, it's man. such a bad game. Him and what everybody else. They did a great job on Demarcus Lawrence. Whitworth is a beast. Whitworth is good, but they did an excellent job of just making sure that there was support on the backside. You know, schematically, oh, they schemed around Demarcus Lawrence. Isn't that brilliant? A little nuance, mm, man. No, that's unbelievable. Stop it. And, and maybe the fact that Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue both just whipped the Cowboys behinds that makes them realize, you know what, a disruptive interior defensive lineman might have some value. Oh, you mean not just throwing an undrafted rookie out there? Something like that. Fourth round pick. Fourth round. Failed sixth round pick from another team. Damaged goods. Basically. They get try hard guys to come in and play well in the regular season. But eventually, the weaknesses will be exploited. And in this game, it really all kind of showed up. You know, anytime you lose, it, it all is rearing its ugly head. Oh, it highlights the pimple's it all, been baby. ready to pop. You know, you win, you just mask over that with a little bit of mascara. Oh my gosh, this offense is great. We just scored like 23 points against the Seahawks. Scored 24 points against Seattle. Going to the Super Bowl. We're all right. One by two, we're okay. We're okay. Zeke was great. Oh, you mean we don't have to go to the Superdome? We get to go to Los Angeles and play the Rams? That's our second home. What are you talking about? Of course we're going to win the game. The Rams aren't even good, right? They're the worst run defense in football. They suck.
God, we're golden. Jared Goff has never won a bleeping playoff game. They ended the year really stale, too. They're not even playing good football. God, neither of suck. I think Cowboys got it. Well, that didn't happen. The Rams showed up. They showed why they're uh, a 13-3 football team. Looked damn good for really the entire season. And uh, they did enough, man. They were just the better football team. I mean, I think it's safe to say, as frustrating as this is for the Cowboys, and, and as many opportunities as they left on the field, both offensively and defensively, we've got the final four best teams in football playing on Conference Championship Sunday, and you can't often say that. That's true. It, it is a beautiful thing. Uh, the Cowboys, they, they did get outplayed. They also got out coached, and the Rams through and through are the better team. So uh, we have an exciting weekend of football ahead of us. I know you're going to have a bitter taste in your mouth. At least Filthy is not involved. It has to make it a little bit sweeter for you, but your boys aren't there, and I know that makes you sad. Very upsetting. All in all, would you say this was a successful season for the Dallas Cowboys? I think it, I think it has to be, no question, especially when you think about the fact they started out 3-5. and five. Anytime you win your division and win a playoff game, it's a successful season. Okay, Unless you're the New England Patriots where you have these super sky-high expectations. But for a team with a third-year quarterback, the youngest roster in football, to turn around to go from 3-5 three and the three and five to winning the division and winning a playoff game, I think it's absolutely a successful season. Now, if you follow that up by keeping the exact same coaching staff, doing nothing to tweak that, I think that's problematic. And if you keep Scott Linehan and that same Jason Garrett 90s offense, that is problematic, and that's going to end up setting you back. But this year, in a nutshell, absolutely 100% success. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think when you look at how far this team came and how young this team is, it has to have been a success. I know many fans that have been here through thick and thin are going to say, you know what, it's not because this team hasn't still accomplished that ultimate goal. They still haven't won or been to the NFC Championship game in 23 years. Cowboys haven't had back-to-back playoff seasons since 1998 and 1999. You've got to build on this. I think if you can propel what, in my opinion, was a successful season, given the circumstances and what you were able to accomplish, you got to find a way to build on this. We are the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. We'll be back, I'm sure, sometime very soon to talk a little bit more pigskin with you. But until then, hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Come poised. It's been a signature play for us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.